Hello and welcome to episode 102 of the Play DNA podcast. I'm Cassandra. I'm Damon. I'm Sarah. And we will start today uh, with any games that we are looking forward to playing. Oh yeah, there's lots I'm looking forward to playing. Mostly just Roller Ghoster, which I haven't bought yet. But also, <laughs> <laughs> it's got really terrible reviews, but also it's a children's game and also it looks amazing. So I want to try it anyway. <laughs> But it's like forty dollars, and I don't want to spend that much right now. So, yeah, that that itself was a roller coaster. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to play that one. What about you guys? I'm looking forward to playing Paleo, which we have played one time before. Um, but it's a like campaign game, so playing one time doesn't really give you nearly the full experience. And it was really fun the first time we played and we just never went back to it. Um, I think because we'd played the first game two player and we're like, oh, we should play this with more people. So um, maybe we can play with you, Sarah, sometime. Um, so maybe going to get a physical. Damon's been trying because he knows I want to play it. He's been trying to get me a physical copy as well. So we'll see. But I'm, I'm looking forward to playing that. It's like you're, you're cavemen and uh, you're trying to, you're just going through this deck and you run into a variety of events and challenges and um, you're gathering resources and yeah it, it was really fun first time I played so. I don't know if there's anything new I'm looking forward to I was looking forward to Feralis but we played that this week so we'll talk about that <laughs> playing all the like early access Kickstarter games so yeah having access to them online I don't know if there's anything I haven't played yet but we'll see Sweet. all right Sarah did you play some new games so many this week it's been uh, a lot i learned um so i finally got azul queen's garden in the mail that came like a week and a half ago oh my gosh i hope you loved it because you've been looking forward to it for <laughs> so long so the tiles are just as high quality as any other games in the azul universe or whatever this is the fourth game of azul by next move games this was also designed by michael kiesling who designed the original azul and the last Azul, which was Azul Summer Pavilion. It's a very good game. It reminded me a lot of Calico, that cat game where you match up patterns. Mm -hmm. You have this garden in the game. The theme is now you're building a garden outside for this queen and you need to make sure it's the prettiest garden so that sh you get her favor or whatever. The tiles um, have like plants on them? Yes. So some tiles okay. have trees. Some tiles have birds, some tiles have flowers, some tiles, they're all indicated, they, they all stand for something different. So the one tile with a tree only stands for one, and the, the bird tile with two wings stands for two. And, you know, like there's a flower with three petals, that is the three, the three tile in the game. And there's different colors, like there's a light purple and a dark purple, a light green and a dark green, and like a yellow. Um, and in the game, you can only place your tiles next to either a similar color or a similar pattern so if you had a light purple tree and a dark purple tree and there's a place that they converge you can really only put another tree there of a different color you can't really put a light purple bird because it doesn't match both colors and the symbol it has to match mm. everything so it's very challenging Bo did not appreciate this game he thought it was very frustrating <laughs> because there was after a while there's several spots if you didn't plan well you can never place a tile there because there's three different tiles converging and none of them they're all exclusive. It's like a Venn diagram. You can't play something mm. there. Uh, so I, I actually really enjoyed the game. Bo, I don't think would play it again, but I'm oh, happy to no. play it with anyone. <laughs> That's multiple a tragedy. Times. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. And I, I mean, Bo was complaining that the, the other components of the game, like the board itself in the original Azul, I think that they were not cardboard. They were just like regular. I don't know what the paper is. 
but it's like, like a thinner thick paper, paper yeah. with like a coating on it or something but that's it's what the last cardboard? game had i don't think it's cardboard but oh. i don't know what it is exactly but he was complaining that if we spent forty dollars on a game at least should have cardboard <laughs> so i was like <laughs> but the tiles are really nice that's probably what they spent most of the game on right so i don't know yeah 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 the azul tiles are really nice so i i would be surprised if you could buy azul for any less than that but you mentioned that there were two different colors of multiple colors, like a lighter and a darker. Was it difficult yeah. to tell the difference between them? No, there's there's a pretty distinct difference. Like one's more like a lavender and one's more like like a dark, dark purple. But okay. this um this reminds me of a major problem. The only major problem in New York Zoo is that problem. They have these tiles you lay out and the greens are so similar that no matter who plays it, you can never figure out the greens, which go, greens go on top. It's like, this was the dumbest design I've ever seen, so... Yeah, but not in this game. That was pretty clear. Good. What about you guys? Well, we might as well start with Feralis, since Damon already mentioned it. Um, Feralis is a game that just came out on Kickstarter. Well, did not just come out. It was just funded on Kickstarter. Um, it did very well on Kickstarter, was uh, well above its funding level. It was designed by Luca Vincitore. Vincitore? Luca Vincitore. We have, Damon and I have a sneaking suspicion that Luca might have seen Wormwood, Damon's game. Really? <laughs> and taken some inspiration from it. It's a very different game, but there are some very distinct similarities that it's possible that he came up with them entirely on his own. It's possible. There are two similarities that it would be kind of surprising if they were not Wormwood related. <laughs> so this is a combat card game. Just Damon. like Damon's game? Yeah, yeah. And that, that there are a lot of there are a lot of combat card games. But um it's a combat card game, but the the things that a couple of the things that make Wormwood Damon's game distinct is that you uh play things by spending time. So you're not really spending resources, you're spending time, you forge them uh in this area of the board called the forge. And you basically put down a card. If it says four on it, then it will take four turns to put that card out. Ferellis had that mechanism, which is is pretty unique. So it's, you know, it's it's a definite match. And it's also the same part of the board as it is in Damon's game. And then also it uses, Damon's game uses these cards called facilities where you can only use them when they're prepared basically there's like a cooldown mechanism so you can only use them if they're cooled down they haven't been used and Feralis also had that mechanism and it was also in the same place on the board as in Damon's game <laughs> wow that's so annoying <laughs> yeah I mean Wormwood's been available online for like six years now so it's not a hard like it's very much within the realm of possibilities that he played it at some point and was like oh this is really interesting i don't know damon is that flattering or is that sad um it's both i guess it's not sad it's just uh <laughs> you expect your game to be cloned very quickly you don't really want it to be cloned before it comes out it's still yeah. set to be released ideally later this year but for alice i was hoping would be more engaging it certainly acted as if it had a story Totally. Uh, it doesn't have a story. This is a common problem with these games where I expect a story and I don't get one. It's totally story free. Basically, we didn't end up finishing the game we played because once we started playing and I was like, oh, this is I mean, there's some similarities, obviously similarities to Wormwood, but he didn't really take it in a, a good direction. He just took it in sort of a more fiddly direction. We already have problems with the fiddliness of the game as it is. And he took it even in more like more upkeep, more fiddling with stuff. 
more moving dice around. Not that we have any dice, but he added dice into the game. Mm. Um, and uh, it made it kind of a chore to play. Um, so I was excited about the game because it had really nice art. It still has really nice art, but it's kind of a brain burn, not in a good way. And it's very fiddly every turn, trying to make everything sort of line up right. And it's two player only. Uh, Wormwood's advantage is that it's four players. That's the whole point. And we always warn people. We try and warn our publishers, please don't play this two player. We're like, this is not a good system necessarily for for like a starter two player game. Like you really need to know the system. Swinging. You need to know the game backwards and forwards to play it two player really effectively. You should really be playing three or four players um, for your first couple of games at the very least. And in this case, it's a two player only game. So we went into it two players and it was very, very swingy and it had sort of the same, like some of the same issues and none of the same advantages. So we didn't end up finishing the game of Feralis. I don't think we're going to go back to it. Um, I was excited about that Kickstarter, but now I don't think we're going to jump on board unless he makes some really serious renovations to the system, which I, I don't think is going to happen. I think it's basically just waiting for the art right now. It's a fantasy combat card game. If you're a person who likes combat card games and is, and is specifically looking for something you can play one-on-one, -on -one, it's worth trying. Um, it, it, does it was have, definitely better than the last one we played. Yeah, it has beautiful <laughs> art. I, I think they did a fantastic job with the art. Um, Damon is right. There's absolutely no story. It's weird because if you watch the Kickstarter video, it's only about story. And then you play the game and you're like, oh, this has no, there's no story here. This is just numbers, <laughs> um, which is kind of weird. It is, there is a surprising amount to look at. From the very beginning, you have a hand of cards, plus you have an additional six cards in front of you that you can use at any time, basically. It's a so lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot to start the game with. It's a lot to look at at the very beginning if you don't know what you're looking at. Um, additionally, there are no starter decks. So at the beginning, you can choose your own character, and then you can choose your own cards to put into your deck. And for somebody who knows what they're doing, I'm sure that's fun and fine. But for new players, which everyone right now is a new player because the game just came out, that's a really weird way to start your game because basically what happened is we chose cards and then I end up having cards in my deck that don't work together at all, that just don't make sense. And it's like, well, yeah, of course that's going to happen because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> So that was one of the major downsides too. So I'm, there's I'm no artwork on it yet, or there's just... ar there's art. No, there is. Yeah, there's artwork. Oh, I thought he said that maybe that we're waiting for artwork. There, there's fun. definitely a lot. There's a lot of missing art. Yeah, but there's oh. enough art to play it. There are a few cards that say art pending, and we just avoided. We just didn't pick those <laughs> because we're like, we, we you don't, don't want to really play with the art pending with... one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I would say the lack of starter decks is. Surprising. Um, considering how excited people are about starting to get into card games, like card games are having this crazy boom right now where people are really excited about collecting them and, and uh, starter decks are a good idea. So. I think they jumped on very quickly to that, which is a good idea. They jumped onto the card boom and were like, all right, now is the time, which I agree with. That's why we're doing Wormwood now as yeah, fast as we can. It, it truly is like the right now time. Now is the right time to be publishing your crazy card game. Yeah. But as a result, it's definitely like any has it on the little rule book. The rule book says 0.92. So it's not even like a 1.0 rule book. So they're clearly revising the game, but yeah, I, there's I only so far they, you can keep I revising a system together. and get it to work properly. So starter decks, that would be good. But, you know, 
the reason Wormwood has taken so long is that I, I revised the starter decks for four, six years. I mean, that's how long it's been. The, the starter decks have had to be constructed to get the system to work properly yeah. so that you can open it up and break it out of the box and play it effectively without having to like customize and fail and customize and fail and customize and fail. And the way it was pitched on Kickstarter, it certainly seemed like it would have these starter decks prepared against each other so that the game would play effectively out of the box. That's not really the case. It doesn't really work that way. But uh, it, maybe it will be by the time they actually It's possible that it it'll out. be fixed up, but I mean... Yeah. From my experience, and certainly like from the experience of talking to other people who work in this industry on that side, if you're going to make a game with like a hundred plus different cards in them that can be customized, you're going to have a hell of a time making starter decks years and years of, of work to get the starter decks to work. Like Wizards of the Coast can take five years to make a starter deck, and even then they're usually not balanced against each other. It's a long process. So you can't expect to get it done in like four months. And the Kickstarter is already done, so he's got to get it out soon. What else did you play? We played a game called Tranquility. This is a game made by Lucky Duck Games and designed by James Emerson. Have you guys played Tranquility before? No. Is it Tranquility or is it Trainquility, like with the <laughs> word train in it? No, it's Tranquility, no oh, train. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just because it was coming from you and something about the <laughs> something about the way you're pronouncing it, I was like, is it tranquility? Okay, but that's well, that good. sounds amazing. Why yeah, you should design, design tranquility. <laughs> This game is very interesting. You have this grid around the table and everyone gets, I think, five cards. Maybe it's six cards. And you must go in in order from one to a hundred and it wraps around the board. But you have to discard a, a certain amount of cards depending on where you place the card you just had in your hand. So like if you had let's say the one card and you placed it in the one slot that's very lucky that probably wouldn't happen but then if someone had a three and they were next they might think oh that's pretty close to one i can stick this three here you want to fill up every single square to win the game so they might stick the three there but to stick the three there they must get rid of one card because there's one space between those two that they're missing oh, so okay if you get to higher things like say someone played a seven and all you had was a ten You'd have to pay four cards to play the 10 next to the seven if if you wanted to do that. And every time you get rid of four cards, those are cards that can never be placed in the grid. So it's a real gamble whether you can fill mm. up the grid or not. And they're So you're hopeful you're hoping that you have cards that are lower than the ten. Like if you just happen to have like the three, four, five, then it's like, oh great, I can throw away all these and it's no loss. Yes. Sometimes. Yes. We did not win the game because we were not able to fill the last square. No one on the table. I think the number was between like 69 and 82 and we'd all gotten rid of those cards. Everyone left had like 30s or 20s or 90s and they just wouldn't fit in that square. So we lost. Hmm. But it's a fun game. I, I would play it. I gave it a six. I'm not going to play it all the time, but it was a fun. It was, it was kind of a relaxing game. No one talks. You're not allowed to talk. So... Oh, so it is, it is like a turn-based version of the mind then. Kind of, yeah. It's beautiful. The cards in it are really, really beautiful. And it, it plays in like 20 minutes. So it's not like you're investing a lot of time if you play it. And it's a really nice game. Sounds fun. I'd try that. Yeah, it's a fun game. And it comes in this little tiny box. It's like a square. <laughs> That's fun. It, Glenn, uh, Glenn owns the game, so we played it with him. Yeah. Uh, We played a game called Scrawl. Which is just telestration. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. And for anybody who's not familiar with how telestrations works, it's also the same as the game Eat Poop You Cat. Eat Cat, Eat cat 
eat, uh, eat maybe it's eat poop you cat eat poop you cat eat cat you poop I don't know. Um, is a, a traditional game that has been around for a very long time that you just play with paper. There's no reason to buy like a physical copy of this game. But um, Telestrations and Scrawl work exactly the same way, which is you get a prompt, um, or you can make up a prompt. Um, but you have these cards that have prompts. Um, mine, for example, was uh, bite off more than you can chew. So that was my prompt. I draw a picture of that phrase. Um, I pass it to the next person. That person writes a description of what they think my drawing is. And then they pass it to the next person. And then that person draws the phrase the previous person did. And it continues around the table until it get ba gets back to the original person. And then you just, like, look at all the things and you laugh. <laughs> and this is a game. Yeah. Well, Telestrations has no scoring. Scrawl tried to add scoring. How do they do that? Okay. Sounds so, very silly. Yes, it's very silly. So it has kind of um, Cards Against Humanity scoring. So when you get your drawings back, when you get all your stuff back, um, you go through them. Everybody around the table laughs. and like, oh, how silly that this happened. And then the person who did the original drawing chooses the one they like the most. And then they give that give that person a point basically so they're like oh i really liked this drawing of a fish even though it was supposed to be a dog or whatever um then <laughs> then you give a point to that person but then also you get a point if like if you did a drawing like if my in my example i wrote bite off more than you can chew if i did that and then it came back around to me and it it was still like people understood that it was bite off more than you could chew and that's what it said then i would get a point for having done a good drawing in the first place. Oh, fun. Okay, that, I mean, well, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. There, there were multiple problems with this scoring. <laughs> the first one is there are no hard rules about how exactly would you know, like, how do you define whether they got it or not? Like, what are the chances of somebody saying the exact right thing? Or like, for example, mine is a kind of a common phrase, but not everybody's was. So, for, for example, one person had a disappointing gravestone. If if that, That's not a very common phrase. Exactly. So if that got all the way around to him and it said, like, a gravestone, then that's not the same as a disappointing gravestone. But, like, what are the chances of somebody writing a disappointing gravestone? And not only that, if you don't stop, if you have an odd number of people versus an even number of people, what you're going to get at the end is a picture rather than a phrase. So it's not possible to get it because nobody's writing anything. They're just drawing a picture. So then are you determining whether the picture is of a disappointing gravestone? So that's a problem. But then the additional problem with just choosing something funny is that it's at, at, at extreme odds with the other goal, which is to do exactly what which is to try and actually figure out what it is because the cards against humanity goal basically encourages you to be as absurd as possible and to not even try. Like if, if you look at a picture and it's like, Oh, this is probably like a fish in a bowl, but it's way funnier. If I say it's like a fish in outer space wearing a, you know, wearing a helmet, then that's what you're going to write. And then you're going to get the points that way. Mm. The points made absolutely no sense whatsoever. We that sounds we had really random. Yeah, I mean it's fun. It's a fun. I think it's a fun game. It's but it's not a game. It's just an activity. I think the the activity is fun, and we laughed, and it was fun. Um, but also, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think it leaves a bad taste in my mouth 
when somebody publishes something, for one thing, has already been published as Telestrations. Yeah. <laughs> but for another thing, is not a game that you, like, is a traditional game that you don't need anything for. Like, you just need a piece of paper to play it. And I, I just think it's kind of weird that they commodify it. And, and I guess it's fine. Like, we played it because it was available. But I don't know. I, I always think that that's weird. Yeah, it seems like a waste of money. <laughs> Yeah. Fun. We played a game. The next game we played was The Night Cage. This came out last year. It was designed by Christopher Ryan Chan, Chris McManon, and Roswell Saunders. This is a game. It, it's it's a moving through. It's not a dungeon. I wouldn't call it a dungeon. You have these tiles. It's a tile placement game. And you're moving through this dark, dark area. Each person has a candle. The candle can only illuminate the one space to the front, the back, the left, and the right of them. And once you move those tiles get lost forever. So if you go back to the same space later on, it's a totally new tile is populated and it could be anything. It could be a key, it could be a monster, it could be one of the other creatures in the game. It's a very interesting mechanic. I'm not sure I liked how the tiles moved because you only have a certain amount of keys. Every person needs a key and everyone needs to be on the same gateway to win the game. So at the end, you're all racing towards the gateway with all your keys. If you lose too many tiles with the keys on them, because every key has a crumbly thing on it. I don't know how to explain this. There's little crumbly things that look like crumbles. <laughs> when you they are look on, like crumbles. They look like crumbly like, like crumbling tiles. stones? Like crumbling okay. stone. Yeah. So if you, if you land on that space with the key, it crumbles beneath you the next turn. So you must move off it. Otherwise, you fall into a pit. And okay. it kind of um, is funny if you watch Parks and Rec, because we kept singing, I fell into the pit. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Just uh, if you like Parks and Rec, you might like this game just for that reason. <laughs> you can fall into pits. You can, you know, get eaten by wax eaters. And there's this Why really would they cool... eat you? Are you made of wax? I mean, you're the candle. You have a You candle. are the candle? No, well, that's what you're playing with. But I think that's just your candle. I don't think you are the candle. Uh, they're just called wax eaters. I don't know. It sounds like you're a candle. <laughs> it sounds like you play as a candle. Maybe. There's this really interesting uh, component to the game. It's like a large, large candle and that's where you stock all the tiles. And that's like the counting mechanism. So once the little tiles in the candle go down to the end, you go to Final Flickers, and then that's a different game. We we won before we went to Final Flickers, but the keys in the game are so nice. I don't know how to explain these. They're like really solid metal keys, and they're just like a little component in the game, but it, it, it's a really cool component. And like the keys are so nice to hold, and like, I got my key, Aww. and then like you run to the exit. And I don't know, overall, I don't think it's a great game. I think there could be some improvements, <laughs> but... <laughs> It was fun for what it was, you know. The, so. the candle timer sounds fun. The whole thing sounds very well-themed. I yeah, like it a lot. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, the the lack of object permanence is kind of weird. Like, if you look away from something, you'll never see it again. <laughs> I like well, yeah, that. because your candle's not lighting that anymore. Yeah, right, so. right. It's a, yeah, I would try that. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's it's black and white, and it's very well-themed. Anyway, that's, the sec that's another game we played this week. All right, uh, we played... Libertalia by Paolo Mori, and Libertalia is a pirate game. Sounds like it. <laughs> and it is a uh, it is a role selection game. So you um, are selecting a role. You're doing the thing that that role says you can do. But it's unique, as far as I know. It's unique as far as role selection games because you have. 30 roles it's a lot uh, I, i've never played a, a role selection game that has that many that is a lot possibilities um you're not playing with all of them at once thank goodness uh you only have nine at a time 
uh, which means that every game is going to be different, which is cool. Like every game, you're not necessarily going to get every single role. Like you're not you're not going to get every role every time you play. Uh, but everybody is playing with the same role cards, so it's not different for each person. You can still utilize the the standard kind of role playing mechanics, as in you know what other people have available to them, and you can make decisions based on that. In this role uh, selection game, you select your role. Uh, all of the roles have numbers on them. You put them out. Uh, the people who have the lowest number role gets to do the role's power first. And then there's booty in the middle of the table. Booty. And the people with the highest number role get to choose the booty first. So there's a nice little mechanic where, you know, sometimes you want lower numbers, sometimes you want higher numbers, depending on what the role's ability is and depending on what kind of booty is out. Because some of that booty is bad. Some of it's great and it's like gems or treasure chests um, or a saber, which you can use to murder somebody else's uh, character. But then sometimes there are things like a, a naval officer who if you have to pick up because you can't you don't have a choice. If you are looting, you have to loot. Um, if you pick up the naval officer, then it just kills your character immediately. Um, there's also cursed treasure tiles, which for the most part are bad. Occasionally you get a character that can do something good with them. Um, but that's really fun because you you're forced to take a booty tile, even if it's a negative one. Um, the other thing that's unique about it, I think, as far as I can think of, of the role selection games I've played, is that the roles, um, the characters that you put out persist. So it's not just when you put them out, they do a thing. Some of them have abilities that continue for an entire round. You put out a character and they have an ability that triggers immediately and that's called the day ability but then some of the characters also have nighttime abilities and when you put them in front of you after you've played them as long as nobody murdered them because they get murdered quite frequently um, when nighttime rolls around you can do their nighttime ability you will be able to do their nighttime ability at the end of every single day a day is around and then there are three weeks inside of the game so um, seven rounds equals a week and then after three of those the, the game ends you're you're trying to gather money money is the the win um you want to have the most money the most booty at the end of the game i think are there real gems in the game there are not real gems <sighs> so annoying <laughs> <laughs> sorry not even yeah, plastic the, dumb ones Ugh, that's so no weird. the booty tiles are just um or just cardboard because they're not all gems and you you draw them all out of the same bag. So um, it could be a gem or it could be, you know, one of those naval officers who's going to kill you. Um, and then the money in the game is um, cardboard coins. They actually look they look quite nice. I liked the cardboard coins. Yeah, I, I, I it was like surprisingly stressful. It's a surprisingly stressful game because um, you have because it's the stakes are so high as far as keeping your characters alive and uh, it's so easy for them to get murdered um, so it's very competitive you often have no good choices so you're just making the best of all of the bad choices so that's not really for everybody but if you're a person who really likes strategic games if you like the uh like pirate theme and if you like role selection games then i think this is this is well worth the the try damon also thought it was quite pretty and that might be different for for everyone <laughs> he, he it sounds surprised. like something i would like i wish they had real gems though 
that's kind of yeah lame. <laughs> no real gems sorry mm-hmm. and then there's no like little chests that you can put your gems in or that sounds amazing like that. yeah which we did was. we another game that we played which we talked about last time was um diamant uh we played diamant again and that it does have little chests and it does have real gems that you put inside of the chests <laughs> sounds amazing I yeah. played another game um, called Treat Yourself. Uh, this is a, <laughs> if you're a fan of Parks and Rec, this is the second uh-huh. reference I'm making. I don't think it's associated with Parks and Rec, but if you don't, if you've never seen the Treat Yourself episode, it's like the one you should see in Parks and Rec. <laughs> Treat Yourself is uh, published by Buffalo Games and was designed by Adam Rayberg. Never heard of this man. It's not the best game I've ever played, but <laughs> it is what it is. It's, it works very similar to For Sale. So that's okay. probably one of the reasons I didn't like it. But in the game, it's a push your luck game. You reach into this bag with these really hefty chips. The chips are really nice in the game. And they have uh, numbers zero to six on them. And you push your luck. You can go as long as you don't go over 12. So once you go over 12, you bust and you only keep one of the chips you've pulled. You use the chips to buy items in the middle of the table. It could be a doggy mansion or a luxury <laughs> rug for your house or... One of them was a personal submarine. There's all kinds of things. At the end of the game, it's a memory-based game. So once you buy these certain things in the middle of the table, you make your bid. And if you are if you bid the most, you get to take that luxury item and you place it face down in front of you. Any duplicate items you've purchased at the end of the game are only worth $100. So if for some reason mm. you forgot you already purchased the luxury mansion, which is $1,400, but you have a second luxury mansion, those go down to $100 each instead of being $1,400 each. Whoa. So it's, there's some memory aspect in it, and it's a cute game. I mean, I, I gave it a six. I would play it sometimes, not all the time. It's cute. <laughs> oh, and there is a chip in the game that called the Treat Yourself chip. So if you take it out of the bag, um, you get to take a luxury item for free. And it was actually quite funny. Like I think we enjoyed the game more because... Bo and Glenn kept saying, treat yourself, Sarah, treat yourself. <laughs> I don't know, that was really funny. So, yeah, if you like Parks and Rec, maybe you'd like this game if your friends are into it too and keep saying, treat yourself. That was pretty funny. <laughs> That's fun. It does sound like for sale. Yeah, we didn't play any other new games. We played uh, Pit, which we hadn't played Pit in a really long time. Great game. World's liveliest game. We've talked about it many times. Of course. Um, <laughs> and we played Wavelength which we've also talked about before. Um, just great party game, but also it just gets so heated every single time. Oh my gosh, it really does. <laughs> People giving the clues or getting the clues, sometimes they can be really mean to you. Like, well, why would you give that dumb clue? It's like, oh my gosh, that's so mean. <laughs> I know, everybody kind of agreed that like, you look forward to being the clue giver because you're like, oh, this is going to be so fun to come up with the clue. And then you just regret it because everybody is upset. Like either they got it exactly right and it's this wonderful triumphant moment or everybody is upset with you. Like, why did you say that? Why did you say this instead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that game is very dividable. It divides yeah. people. Okay, so uh, I purchased a game at Night Owl Games called Draftosaurus. I'm sure you guys have played this, but if not... Um... I've never played this. No. Why are you so sure? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like a game you would like to play. Huh? Yeah. In the game, it comes with six different dino species. So you've got your T-Rex and your Stegosaurus. And these are all wooden meeples, and there's 60 of them, 10 of each species. And it's a drafting pass and play. Everyone has their own player mat, 
and there's like a forest of sameness so you have to have all the same dinosaurs in that area and then there's a forest of difference where you have to put all the different animals in that area there's like a love area where you have to put couples of animals in there there's like a king of the hill mechanism where if you have the most dinosaurs of that kind in your zoo you get like the extra points at the end of the game for that and you're picking one dinosaur at a time and passing them to the left just like sushi go whoever has the most points in their park based on where they place their animals wins it's a very cute game it takes 10 minutes and man i would recommend it to anyone it's a good children's game it's a good adult (laughs) game the dinosaurs are amazing (laughs) i just so you're drafting you you're you're passing cards though right you're not passing cards you're passing dinosaurs you're drafting them from this bag so you you draw them out of the bag first got it and then once you have your six dinosaurs you pick one of them and pass the rest to the next person so got it okay were there yeah. any problems with like people's hands being grubby and you get these like warm kind of sticky dinosaurs? <laughs> Wait, these di- dinosaurs are physical? Yeah, she said they're little meeples. They're meeple dinosaurs. Why would they get grubby? I don't know, because you're like holding them in your hand and then you're passing them to the next people and then they hold them in their hand and then you pass them to the next people. I Wash just your think- hands maybe before you play. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean like sometimes people sweat, you know? No, yeah, no. I mean, sometimes they were a little sweaty, but it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I wouldn't recommend this before COVID, but we're past COVID now, so play it. <laughs> that sounds cute. It's cute. There's two more I played. I was walking through Target and saw this game called Mantis. It had a mantis shrimp on the front of the box. Um, it's oh. published by Exploding Kittens and designed by Ken Gruel and Jeremy Posner. Posner? I don't know how to say his name. This is a game of colorful cutthroat card game of rainbows and revenge wait Um, so it's based off of the so it's based off of the oatmeal right yes the oatmeal yes but it wasn't designed by the oatmeal i don't think i don't know who designed the oatmeal who was behind the oatmeal matthew inman yeah matthew inman which was neither of the names that you said for the designer he is the artist according to board game geek who who drew the art for the box um i'm kind of i kind of huh Kind of weird that he didn't help with the game design, but yeah, the oatmeal is great, and um, the oatmeal is a is a comic artist who really likes animals, and he wrote this great comic about the mantis shrimp and how great the mantis shrimp is. <laughs> it comes in the box, so when you buy the oh, game, okay, you get the comic of why it's his favorite animal, and uh-huh. you can read through it. You don't have to, but I would highly recommend it. It's such it's a great. cute little comic, and yeah. I thought of you immediately, Cassandra, because I thought you had talked about this shrimp before, and like. Mm-hmm. An animal way, not not in a board game kind of way. The yeah, game yeah. itself is, you know, <laughs> mediocre. It's like a six. Uh, you get these okay. colorful uh, mantis shrimp in every color of the rainbow. So there's a purple one, you know, a red one, blue, and so on. And they all have different little facial expressions. And it's really, you just draw a card off the top. And you can either place it in your own field or place it in someone else's field if you place it in someone else's field and it matches any of their cards you get to steal all of those cards and in addition Mm. to that you get to take another turn if you place it in your field and it matches something you can bank those cards so you basically want to be the first one to get to 15 cards well that was a two-player game it might be less for more than that okay Um, it's a cute game i gave it a six i'm not it's like 10 minutes it's not going to take very long it is what it is and if you like Mm. really short games like filler games this would be a good one for that so Mm. It doesn't have anything to do with mantis shrimp at all. Probably not. (laughs) It really doesn't. I mean, the cards look like mantis shrimp, but the reason I would recommend it is like, 
if you do like the comic book, like this is a great, you can just get the, I'm surprised they let him put the comic book in the game actually, because it's a really high quality comic book and it probably costs a lot of money to print that. And so, yeah. Oh, so it's not just like, I was imagining like a pamphlet or something. It's like a book. It's a book and it comes in the game box and. Wow. Yeah. It's the whole book. So that's kind of fascinating. Cool. <laughs> it just came out. There's, there's only like. 15 ratings on board game geek so it's not like i mean i rated it but i'm one of the 15 so. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, we played finally we played one key it was designed by latillier latillier i don't know how to say it the guy with no last name <laughs> it's just one name it's either a oh. first name or a last yeah, name, yeah. but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I was just looking at something made last night. Uh, is there only one guy who only... Oh, there's lots of people with only last name, but there's only one with L apostrophe A-T-L-A-I-E-E-I-A, whatever French shit he's talking about. Is it Latelier? How do you say it? That sounds... I mean, that sounds French. Just pronounce the first two letters and then just sort of... ignore the rest of them. The rest of them, and you'll be fine. This game is a deduction game. So in... In the deck of cards, there's a deck of cards and there's a clue giver and there's clue receivers and there's a red tile, a green tile, and a yellow tile. So when you're giving clues, if the picture you've drawn is very similar to the picture you picked out at the beginning of the game, you put it in the green pile, like indicating this is very similar to the card that I received that you're trying to guess. If it's not similar at all, you're like, don't guess anything that's similar to this card. That card is not correct. So it could be you're going for a color, like a card's really, really green, and the card you selected has no green in it. Or some of the cards you you have on the table have electronics in it, and the card you have also has electronics. So you want them, you kind of want to narrow it down. So there's only four rounds. The person has to guess the one key by the fourth round, otherwise everyone loses. So very simple deduction game. There's a screen involved where you can give other clues. Again, this is an okay game. I wouldn't give it like anything more than a six. Very easy deduction game. But the the cards are clever. That's the one problem I had with the game. They're like very oddly shaped cards. Really weird things like a band playing with a monkey. And like it's like a really weird odd shaped card. So it's really hard to shuffle these cards. Like if you're, oh, if you're trying to shuffle like them. Like all the cards are sh- a different shape? All of them. All Whoa. Of them and I just feel like they could have just made it more streamlined and just made them like put the picture on, but just put them all in one deck. Like you don't need to make them all these weird shapes to make the right. game work. I don't know. Right. Right. That was my problem. But it's a good game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Seems like a one of those ideas that's like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. And then with like a couple of play tests should have been very obvious. I have those ideas all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you can't shuffle the deck, it makes it very difficult to randomize it for the next game. Like, it's like almost right. impossible to shuffle the deck. Right, right. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, the only other things we did were we, we played um, several of Damon's games, tr- tr- playtesting them, and uh, we're, we're stuck on, on one of them right now. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> it's called Blind Justice, and oh. uh, we had... Oh, good lord. We, we started working on it like six years ago, four, eh, four or five years ago, and uh, and then we abandoned it because it wasn't working, and then we came back to it, and now we're thinking about abandoning it again because <laughs> it's just not working. It's so frustrating because sometimes you just like, something seems like it's going to work so well, you know, when, you, when you're thinking about it, and then you actually play it, and you're like, oh, I thought this was going to be fun, but it's just not working. Wow, so that's, that's frustrating. Our struggle, but yeah, great. Well, I'm glad you got to play so many new games. That was fun. 
All right. Well, you can find our uh, previous episodes and a list of all of these games at PlayDNAPodcast.com. Uh, you can also check out uh, pictures of the games that we're playing on our Instagram, which will be linked uh, at the website. Oh. And as always, play safe, play often, and we'll see you next time.